So if you have been through driver's training, raise your hand. And hopefully that correlates precisely with those who actually drove here today. Otherwise, keep an eye on people who are driving without going through training. Uh, that scares me, which does explain a lot of what I experience out on the roads often. I'll say that. But I will say this, too. Um, I remember going through it, and, and, and I also know now how I'm freaking out thinking about a freshman daughter who will be soon going through it and preparing to drive, and um, that is a scary thought. And um, so here we go. But you maybe have realized when you drive the importance of signs, road signs. So I'll give some samplings here, quite a few. Uh, some just are just a few examples, as you may know. I mean, so many different kinds of signs. And part of going through driver's training is you learn what those signs mean. And, and so much so, at least when I took the test some years ago, you had to have uh, the shapes of the signs and the colors of the signs had to line up with what the messages of those shapes meant. And, and I remember that was not as easy as it sounds, especially for some of the more ambiguous signage, signage that's out there. But uh, I'll be honest, I, I did get the stop sign correctly. I knew that that shape and color was stop. That's pretty easy. The yield sign, pretty much knew that one too. But uh, I will say, I also knew the slow moving vehicle sign, which is up in the upper left. I mean, I grew up in rural Minnesota. We had a lot of those signs, tons of them. And, uh, but some of the signs are more complicated than that. Uh, it's important to obey the signs. It's important to use the signs to help keep our bearings, keep us on the right path. really, truly is. Uh, I recall this. Uh, Shane and I were on our, our honeymoon phase two because we had a first part in Canada, and then we were heading to Minnesota and driving up through the UP. How romantic, right? And, uh, and I know we have somebody from the UP here today. That was for you. And, and so we're, we're driving through the UP, and... Um, there are crossing signs up there, and one of them was a bear crossing sign. It's my first time seeing one of those. Um, reminded me of the deer crossing signs you see a lot of around here and other places. Um, once in a while on social media, people will uh, you know, post a picture of one of those signs with a, a dead roadkill behind it and, and just say, these aren't working very well. And, I, I'm always amazed when people post and, and they respond to that, and I've seen this before, where people say, you know, a lot less of those animals would get killed if they'd stop putting up those signs to tell them where to cross. <laughs> if you don't understand what I just said, ask somebody, okay? Um, anyway, they have the, the crossing signs. Well, then we're driving along in the UP, and I see this sign that says, Historic Lighthouse, up ahead, turn left, and I'm like, Shane, we've got to check this out. Historic Lighthouse. I love history. And uh, it, it's just right there. And so we turn. She's like rolling her eyes like anything for you, honey. And um, we drive about a mile, two miles, three miles. I'm not kidding you. We are driving for 45 minutes going on an hour. And there's still no second sign to say where the lighthouse is. And I keep saying, it's got to be just one more mile ahead. I mean, come on, we've driven 45 miles. It's got to be right there. And finally, it dead ends into a gravel pit. And, and Shane looks at me, she says, honey, I think we missed something. And uh, swallowing my pride, I turned around, and there was silence in the car all the way driving back. And there it was about a quarter mile after we had turned off of the main road up there. There was a sign, but it was hidden by a tree that said Historic Lighthouse right here. And it was right there, and we missed it. <laughs> signs are kind of important, aren't they? 
And, and maybe you've been driving down and driving on a road of life right now that you've maybe missed some signs along the way. And maybe you're thinking, how did I get off course? How do I get back? Choices I've made, things I've done, uh, the darkness that I find myself in. Maybe for you, the, the signs are uh, beyond that. Maybe they're just overwhelmed by life in general right now. Maybe you remember this. There was a movie, a historical, important, life-changing movie. Um, anybody remember it? Um, it's called Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Anybody? <laughs> and if you saw that movie, you remember the scene where Pee-wee Herman is, is driving. He's in pursuit of going to try and find his stolen, lost bike. And as he's driving at night, there are road signs. And there's a curve in the road. And you go, you know, and he's, he's driving, he makes it through the first sign, and, and then another sign comes up, and it's a sharper hairpin turn followed by another hairpin turn, and he makes it through that, and, and then the next sign comes up, and it's even worse. And I, I found this that kind of reminds me of it. <laughs> As it looked a lot like that. And some of you can relate to this because you're on that road. And that's not a joke, actually. Because your road of life is so overwhelming right now. And whether it's filled with pain, and maybe that pain is exemplary by just relating to what's going on in the world, and you're saying, what are, what's going on? What's, what's this world coming to? You know, to see terrorism and, and what happened in Paris the other night. And, you know, 130-some or 40-some lives that all have stories, all have families connected to them, people who are out just enjoying a wonderful evening and their life ended in a tragic, evil way. And how do you react to that? Or the 40-some lives that were lost in Beirut on Thursday through a similar terrorist, uh, terrorist activity and the world didn't really notice because, well, they're not white, so we maybe didn't notice. You know what I'm saying? Nobody noticed, but those were lives too, and, and they were victims of terrorism. And, and not only that, you think what's going on, and it's just like, okay, is this going to happen here? And fear, anxiety can grip us. That pain can be, or fear, anxiety can be very real. And you're like, what, what is going on? What's the road sign pointing to in this? Or maybe it's closer to home. Like one of the the young guys in our youth group by the name of Sam Kell, who went to a doctor appointment on Wednesday to have an MRI because he was having blurred vision and finds out that he has a brain tumor and goes into surgery and they remove it and they find out it's cancerous. That's a windy road too and it, it seems like way off course. Like, are you kidding me? Freshman in high school with all of the things going on for him, why? would that have to be going on now in his life? Or for me, I get the phone call on Thursday that uh, my best friend from high school, who's a member of this church, Ross Dressel's his name, that his daughter, youngest daughter, early 20s, 21, 22, uh, that her life ended tragically and, and without any warning and in the midst of a horrendous situation and you say why is that happening and what do you say to her fiance who now is 
wondering what just happened here, and a family that's grieving, and a family gathering in Alabama tonight and tomorrow. Those are turns in the road none of us expect. You know, losing a loved one, and no matter what the tragedy is, or facing a, a breakup of a marriage, and, and the pain that that can cause, or the relationships between kids, or brothers and sisters, or coworkers, or, or overwhelmed by financial burdens and wondering, how in the world are we gonna pay these bills? How did we get here? How did we get so far off course? Or how did I lose my job? You're maybe on those roads today, and you're wondering, how are we going to get back on track? Is there any hope? <laughs> Jesus was walking along with his disciples one day. And they were spending time at the temple in Jerusalem. It was quite a place back in those days, about 35 acres of just incredible beauty, incredible design and architecture. A busy place, a lot going on there, and it says that in Mark's gospel that we just read, that as they walked along, the disciples said to Jesus, they said, teacher, what massive, amazing, incredible stones, and they were, from what I've read and learned about this, that Back in the day, archaeologists and scholars say that the temple was constructed out of stones, some of which were over 100 tons. Now, by comparison, uh, the great pyramids of Egypt are only closer, some of the largest stones there are closer to three or five tons. Uh, imagine how huge these 100-ton stone, stones must have been. And, and they're admiring the architecture like, wow, Jesus, isn't this amazing? And Jesus kind of is a Debbie Downer in the face of it, you might say. He says, well, I tell you the truth, none of these stones will be left one on another. In other words, he's saying a day is coming where all of this will be destroyed. And at that moment, he had their attention. And, and they responded, I said, Lord, how is this possible? When will this happen? What will be the signs that it will happen? And that's when Jesus teaches them, and he teaches us. And it's not pretty. It's not a pretty path, a sign that says, oh, it's going to just be straight and easy going. No, quite the opposite. Here's what he says. If you want to turn to it with me in your bulletin or in, in Mark chapter 13, Jesus responds. He says, watch out, first of all, that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. In other words, false Christ, false messiahs, people claiming to be the answer. He says, be, be careful. Don't believe everything you hear. He says, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. Hear that? Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. 
Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a child or father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Wow, sign me up for that, Jesus. Huh? I wonder if the disciples were afraid and, and sorry they asked him what the signs would be. Interestingly, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but when Jesus speaks these words and these words of prophecy as they were and signs of what would mark the coming ages, we sometimes in our day forget that many of these signs were fulfilled really quite quickly in, in the lives of the disciples. In fact, in the next few decades, after Jesus ascends into heaven, and, and uh, it happens in Jerusalem in A.D. 70, in the year 70, um, it, it, it gets sacked. It, it, it gets destroyed. The temple truly gets destroyed. Not one stone is left on another. Um, leading up to those days, and in, in, in really beginning, and I'll, I'll read some of these examples to you, there were, first of all, there were earthquakes. Um, in fact, those four decades leading up to A.D. 70, um, five major earthquakes occurred in Crete in 8046, Rome in 51, Phrygia in 8053 and 60. I mean, mass devastation in the face of those earthquakes in that world at that time. Caponia uh, in AD, uh, 63, there was a huge earthquake then. And then you've got three great famines happening in the reign of Claudius in Judea in AD 44, in Greece in 50, Rome in 52, and then in 65 was the worst year for famines and earthquakes within the whole Roman Empire. I mean, it was earthquakes and famines and devastation, desolation and difficulty, and, and uh, some of the, the, the persecution that breaks out, the book of Acts records some of that, and and political upheaval that happens in a time they called the, the time of the four emperors and, and, and there's wars and political unrest and, and the Christians are, are, are persecuted and, and it is an ugly, 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 ugly time. And much of what Jesus speaks of here saying these are signs, the beginnings of birth pains, many of them occurred very early on. And, and sometimes we forget that and those signs have continued Really, ever since then, there have been earthquakes, there have been famines, there have been wars. <laughs> and we see it. There's been bloodshed. And those visions of, that he says that, that a brother betraying a brother or a, a father betraying a child or a child, his parent, and turning them over. And the bloodshed that has been brought about through humanity, it, it's been there. And it continues to be there. We've seen it play out in the news, we're surrounded by it. And what bugs me is you got people worried about some message on a Starbucks cup. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why do we have time for this kind of stuff? Uh, in a world in which God has called his people to be faithful, when the road signs around us look tragic and overwhelmingly gloomy, and yet Jesus said it would be so, where do we find hope? Maybe we're forgetting the ultimate sign today. The Savior not only says this is what it'll be like, so don't be surprised when it happens, but a Savior who also shows them what the ultimate sign would be. 
Think about that, that prophecy fulfilled, that, that this will be a sign to you, that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. We're going to be focusing on that in some weeks from now. The God who comes among the brokenness, the darkness, the evil of this world. Jesus doesn't stand back, but comes right into the midst of the pain and the agony and the hurts and the anxiety and fears. And he faces it for you. And the ultimate sign, Jesus said, is when the Son of Man is lifted up, and he is. And this sign of one who is lifted up on a cross for us, love us enough to go that way. Suffer, die in our place. And who can forget the empty grave a few days later that would change the reality as we know it. And the one who comes and says there is victory in the face of suffering and pain and setback in this world. It's why he came. It's why he died. It's why he rose again. To come and remind us there's a greater truth today. It's a sign of his love for us. And it's a sign that Jesus says it will mark you. <laughs> You'll be identified by it. It will reform you and reshape you and change your minds, your hearts, and able to see more clearly of that greater reality that will never end. And if you don't remember this, but very likely when you were baptized, it was said, receive the sign of the cross both upon your forehead and your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ crucified. The sign of the cross. And the signs of the age, as Jesus said, this will be the signs of those days. The greater sign, though, is in the person of Jesus. And the one who says, I will never leave you or forsake you because you are mine. You bear my name. And God instead then calls us as his people in these days. I love those thoughts. You know, but the gospel must first be preached to all nations. That is significant, folks. It doesn't say, but the Christian church must first whine and complain that their rights are being infringed. It doesn't say that. <laughs> it doesn't say that we retaliate. It doesn't say that. It simply says we bear witness to the one who has loved us. That we go before kings and governors and bear witness to Jesus. That we go before the world, the world that may hate us, and we bear witness to his love. Oh, I'm not saying it's an easy calling, but I'm saying there is hope in the midst of what God has done for us. It's why we hang in there. It's because we know something the world doesn't know, and it changes everything as we know it. It's the biggest sign and the greatest sign and the gift of hope that the world has ever known. And it's here for you today. We pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the sign of your love. And it guides us as you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we pray you'd open our minds and hearts today in the face of difficulty and struggle in our world. Whether that's personal in our lives, whether it's the sin where we've rejected you and followed our own ways and ignored the signs whether it is circumstances that are beyond our ability to process, whether it is the world that you love so dearly that is so broken and so hurting. The sign of hope is found in you, Jesus. You have been lifted up once and for all as our great high priest, the one who calls us to know you and the one who gives us the mark of that cross on our hearts that we would bear witness with joy today. Because the day's coming, Jesus, where you're coming back in glory, and we pray that you keep us ready.
for that day, that great day. And in the meantime, the urgency of continuing to share your love with those around us. Make us that kind of people. Mold and shape us into that kind of church. As we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.